the Bill Michaels Show on the air. We're brought to you by our friends at Pottawatomie Hotel Casino. Go to PaysBig.com. They've got a lot of good stuff going on, specifically on Fridays for the Firekeepers Club. Pottawatomie Hotel Casino. Go to PaysBig.com. That is PaysBig.com. Uh, we're going to talk with Peter Bukowski coming up here in just a second. Um, by the way, one thing, uh, Ben Kenny, I don't know if you saw this, but 88% of the United States is rooting for the Philadelphia Phillies. Yeah, America's Phils. Everybody except for Jalen Hurts, who's an Astros fan. Right. 88%. We do not forget about the cheating scandal that overtook our friends in the Houston Astros. Just an FYI. So there you have it. Uh, let's do this. Let's get uh, Peter. We got Peter Bukowski coming on, and let's get him on the air with us now. Pete, how you been, buddy? Well, I'm just trying to catch up with everything that's been going on. Never a dull moment in Packers land. No, I'll agree with you there. Uh, let, let's first and foremost start with uh, the comments by Aaron Rodgers. Do you think those comments okay. were warranted and appropriate in the setting of, uh, of McAfee? I thought it was more of a leadership uh, thing that I've been kind of looking for out of him. Others will disagree. So I think, like, uh, there, there's at least two ways, if not 15 ways, to look at this. And I think it, it is – I said this yesterday that, that Aaron Rodgers has become a Rorschach test. Whatever you think of him, this is going to reflect that thing, I think. Because I think on the one hand, you can say, look, um, he's an adult, uh, and these are adults that he's playing with. And when people are not performing up to standard, it's okay to be honest about that. And look, we can, we watch the games. You watch the games, Bill. You see, their mental mistakes are everywhere, and it is it is totally within reason for um, the leader of the team, such that Aaron Rodgers is that, to say, look, we need to get people on the field who are not going to be making these mistakes. And and unless and until you stop making mistakes, you can't be out there. I think that's a totally reasonable thing to say in a vacuum. I think what makes this one particularly difficult to swallow for, for a lot of fans, and, and certainly from my perspective, is hasn't Aaron Rodgers been making mental mistakes? Hasn't he been part of this? And he didn't really say that. There were, there were a lot of people who made jokes on Twitter like, oh, Aaron Rodgers advocating for Jordan Love to get some more snaps. Like, Aaron Rodgers is not playing to his standard. If this is something that Rodgers had said last year when he's playing like the league MVP and throwing for 300 yards a game, I think it plays a little bit differently. And then you add in the element of the comments about Tom Clements having this as his highest-graded game of the year. He comes off like the guy who is on your group project team in college, and you, you get a C, but he says, yeah, well, but my stuff was good. Like, okay, guy, that's not helpful. Like, that's not, that's not useful. And, you know, it, it just sort of reinforces, I think, for the people who feel this way, that Aaron Rodgers um, cares more about his stats and him playing well than what the team is doing. Now, I, I don't go that far. I'm not that person. But there are certainly people out there who feel that way, and you know Aaron Rodgers knows that. I just thought this this relayed to me a remarkable lack of self-awareness. I, uh, I, I agree with that uh, in the sense of I know there's people out there that are waiting to jump on whatever Aaron Rodgers says. I'm going by the assumption if he has said these things behind closed doors, had these discussions with Matt LaFleur, I'm good with it. I've always said if you say behind closed doors and you say in the public, I don't have a problem with it. 
Uh, some uh, former players do. They say you keep it in-house. You don't start pointing out particular people. You don't start talking about people losing their jobs. Because if you don't play well for a couple of games, should you be losing your job? You know, when he, they believe that everybody's trying. I, I understand that as well. So let me ask you, do you think, let's start with the talent on this team. Do you believe the talent on this team is enough to win games? Win games, yeah. Win a Super Bowl, no, not right. Certainly not right now. Not the way that they're playing, um, and and that's part of the problem. And and I think that's why you hear all of these reports. And certainly, I have I have heard some of them as well, and and, and talk to people who are like, yeah, the Packers are trying really hard to get somebody, and you hear names, and and they they've been they've been trying. Um, you know, uh, Jason Hershorn, my colleague at the league, reported. That you know, back in back in April around the draft, the Packers were trying to go get Corey Davis from the Jets, and the the Jets were like, no. So you you always need you know two people to make these trades. You need a willing trade partner as well, mm-hmm. um, and that is that is part of the problem. But I do think from an execution standpoint, they have guys on the roster who theoretically should be better, um, and just in terms of the simple stuff like Sammy Watkins running wrong routes, not being in the right place, not, not being able to get lined up. Like, you can't be in the league for eight, nine, ten years and not know that you need to be on or off the line of scrimmage based on this particular alignment or that particular alignment. Like, that's just an inexcusable mental error for a longtime veteran. You see Randall Cobb and Sammy Watkins on plays earlier this season where they're both running into the same space. That's two veterans. One of them is wrong. Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb running into the same space on a crossing route and settling down. One of them has to be wrong. And so these are mistakes that you just don't expect to be seeing. Um, and, and unfortunately, they're making them. Uh, the other question is, because uh, if you believe they have talent to, to, to be better than what they are, then don't you believe something innately is wrong behind the walls of 1265? Um, I, yeah, yes. Yes, I do. And I, and I believe that. And I have, I have believed that. And what I have I have um, heard and gathered over the last couple of weeks only reinforces that point to me. And speaking of points, there is a lot of pointing right now going on in that locker room, a lot of finger pointing, a lot of people who don't believe that everyone is being held accountable to the same standard. And I think anyone who thinks, oh, well, the, the players just all love Aaron Rodgers calling everyone out and holding people accountable is kidding themselves because – I don't think that's the case. I don't think that is. I know that's not true. I know not every player is super cool with the way Aaron Rodgers has handled this, and and that's been the case for a really long time in Green Bay. It's it's silly to have one person, and and if you want to latch onto it, say okay, well this person says everything's great with with Rodgers, and so like that's that's the gospel. And then these other players who you know we don't have to name them. We know who the, who the players are. We're talking about. They're going, well, actually, this isn't the case. And everyone goes, well, they have to be lying. Like, why, is, why, why do you think that is? Why, that doesn't make any sense to me. So the, the truth always lies somewhere in the middle, right? Right. I, uh, I, I look at this roster and I think this was a, at the beginning of the season, nothing's changed other than some injuries. And we believed it was a talented roster and should have more accountability in the sense of wins and losses than what they have right now. So I look at it as, is the scheme bad? Are the coaches holding them back? Is there problems inside the the locker room that maybe we're not uh, being privy to? I, I I just I don't I can't put my finger on it, but something innately just feels bad for this Packers team, and and to me it starts with Matt Lafleur at this point, and just listening to him speak and say numerous times I don't know 
That's somewhat alarming to me, I guess. I, I think you're right. And and I think, um, you know, this is this is the, the, the biggest piece of adversity that this team has faced. I think bigger than losing the, the 49ers game, bigger than, than losing the other 49ers game, <laughs> bigger than losing the NFC Championship game at home is trying to keep this team together as they're, they're all struggling for answers. You hear Sammy Watkins say, yeah, we don't know. We don't know what's going on. And, and I think that makes it difficult. Uh, I, I'm looking at, by the way, we're talking with Peter Bukowski of the Locked On Packers podcast at Peter underscore Bukowski is where you can find him. So looking at this game on Sunday night with the Buffalo Bills, uh, I said, look, if you win it, tremendous. The train is back on the tracks. If you If you lose it, but you lose it competitively and fighting and looking good, then I think you've got something to build on. If you get blown out, I think the season is over. Is that the way you look at this game Sunday night? Absolutely right. And I, I said this on my show today. They have a chance to, I think, really change the narrative for their season. If you go out and you hang with this Bills team, and I don't mean hang with, like, you know, Big Ten teams hang with Ohio State, where at halftime it's 17-14 and you lose 44-14. No, not like that. I mean, like, you you go out and, and it's it's close Nip and, nip and tuck throughout the game, and you either have a chance to win it late or, you know, Josh Allen engineers an MVP drive in the fourth quarter and you lose and, be, and just because Josh Allen is awesome. Like, I, I think that allows you to say, look, this shows we can hang with any team in the league. We can still be the team that we want to be as NFC contenders. But you're absolutely right. If they go out and they get embarrassed, like, I don't know what you hang your hat on as a player, as a coach, and certainly as a fan. You're just going, no, no, this team just doesn't have it. Um, it's it's time to uh, to see what Jordan Love can do, which Aaron Rodgers is not going to agree to. Um, but you know, I, I, time to time to play the young kids. Let's see what Joanne Winfrey can do. Let's let's Romeo Dobbs. Like I think that's that's where they would be now. Is that how they're going to treat it? No. And and by the way, you know, if the season ended today, they'd be half a game out of the playoff picture. So it's not like the season is actually over mathematically. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, I think it will certainly feel over if this is some sort of like 35 to 13 beatdown. Yeah, that's just it. It would feel over very much so if they get just drilled out of the house at this point. Because then I, I would not know what game you could possibly pick them in moving forward that you would say, yeah, they should be a favorite or they look as if they should be able to beat this or that team because I, I just wouldn't see it at that point. Maybe Detroit, but that's about the extent of it. Uh, defensively speaking, give me your thoughts on uh, how over the last couple of weeks uh, they played a little more man, they played a little more press. I don't see the same tenacity we saw last year and the same attitude, but Joe Barry looks as if at least he stepped it up a little bit when it comes to the play calling defensively speaking. Yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm actually very pleased with what we've seen from, from Joe Barry in terms of the adjustments that have been made. They're playing a ton more man coverage. I mean, you think about that last play. You, you get Kenny Clark coming free, and you have him in the face of Taylor Heineke, and you have, you have Jair Alexander one-on-one against Terry McLaurin, and, and that's exactly what you want. You have one of your best defensive players creating a potential negative player, a negative play, and then you have one-on-one coverage with your best corner, one of the best in the league against Terry McLaurin. That's what you want with the game on the line. And sometimes you're just going to get beat. Like that, Terry, Taylor Heineke played a gutsy game. And unfortunately, that was enough to beat this team. They're, they're getting pressure a lot. They're, they're getting a lot of what they want defensively. Um, it's just, you know, it's, it's been not enough in the second halves of these games, in part because the offense is doing them no favors. 
I mean, you look at them. They're five, three, or four and outs in the middle of this game. That's debilitating to a defense. How how can you how can you create and stay at that level of intensity when you have that um, to deal with? Yep. No doubt. Peter, I appreciate it, pal. And uh, we're going to be uh, talking after the game coming up on Sunday night because uh, this is going to be a big determining factor as to how the rest of the season goes. We'll talk again soon, bud. Thanks, Bob. Appreciate it. There you go. Peter Bukowski, Locked on Packers podcast, joining us at Peter underscore Bukowski at Peters at Peter underscore Bukowski. A uh, lot of rumors flowing around out there, uh, and I don't know if they're true or not, about A.J. Green. Uh, the Cardinals wide receiver is a name that keeps coming up, apparently, according to ESPN and Packers trade deadline discussions. Uh, look, it, I said, I just tweeted it out. I said, look, first of all, it takes two to tango. So this might be all that the Packers can either one get to deal with or two, this is all they can afford. Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, Jerry Judy, they're got a second round draft choice for him. I do that in a heartbeat. Do that in a heartbeat. Uh, if that's all it's going to cost you. To, to pry him out of Denver. Uh, at this point, if you believe he's the number one and your true number one, I give up a first-round draft choice for him. You know, your third-round picks have, have just completely sucked over the last four years, so uh, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not thrilled about that. Uh, hanging on to a third, or got to hang on to some of these draft choices because you know these are going to be big-name guys eventually. I, I don't believe that. Uh, and if you talk about uh, A.J. Green... A.J. Green, the only thing A.J. Green is known for was catching a lot of touchdowns early on in his career in Cincinnati, doing that uh, flip into the end zone, landing on his feet and and sticking the landing. After that, he's been nothing more than a banged-up player who's been adequate at best and not a a, a mammoth contributor the way he once was throughout his injury, uh, you know, injured career. So it would be another body. It would be an upgrade for maybe Sammy Watkins, but it would be another body to throw to if he can catch great if he can't i don't know what to tell you but if that's all you can get you're either one not able to afford anything else because you're only seven and a half million under the cap uh or which is a damn shame uh or you can't find any team to work with you right now and trade with you you know uh cheap noyon says what about antonio brown no no oh my god no i don't want antonio brown anywhere near a football field ever again no he has been on one recently bill a lot of oh. pictures of brady uh oh, and and yeah. giselle he photoshopped yeah. brady on his body when he ran off the field in new york right yeah, yeah. i'll pass yeah i don't i don't want uh antonio brown anywhere near a football field ever again never again 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to hit us up, feel free to go ahead and do so. Uh, again, 877-867-1670. Uh, we have got the adult industry stepping in to help with the World Series and fans. Yes! I kid you not. So... We're going to come back. I'll tell you all about it, what they're willing to do, what they're willing to do to help out one particular city. The adult industry is all lubed up and ready to go. The world of vibrating anal beads. (laughs) 
Stay tuned. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Forgotten Fire Winery. They're up in Peshtigo, and if you stop up there and tell them you want the Bill Michaels deal, they'll uh, do a wine tasting with you. Get to talk to Jake, who's the master winemaker. They have won awards, and if you go to their Facebook page, you can see the awards, but they just want you to enjoy their wine. They just want you to enjoy whatever it is you drink, drink it, and enjoy it, and that's what they're all about. They are Wisconsinites, making wine for Wisconsinites and those beyond the border. Look for them in grocery stores, liquor stores, wine stores as well. Ask for it by name. That is ForgottenFireWinery.com. They are not snooty. You're not sitting on the peninsula going, yes. no, none of that. You're just enjoying it. You're having friends over. You're having a dinner. You're enjoying a game, whatever it happens to be, and you're enjoying a bottle of Forgotten Fire Winery. ForgottenFireWinery.com. That is ForgottenFireWinery.com. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Continue on. Good to have you, as always. Uh, certainly appreciate you being here as well. Um, uh, by the way, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to find us, please feel free to go ahead and do so again, 877-867-1670. Um, the, uh, the discussion for Aaron Rodgers will continue. I'm going to get to everybody over on the, uh, the Bud Light live stream, I promise you. But it looks as if... The adult industry is coming to the rescue. Ben, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave this to you only for the fact that uh, this involves your beloved city of Philadelphia and should the Phillies win the World Series. So there is no bigger battle in our world than Philadelphians against their own infrastructure. Uh, we have seen it come to light when uh, certain teams have experienced success. We saw it happen on Sunday when the Phillies clinched uh, the National League championship. So the adult entertainment company Cam Soda reportedly is sending trucks filled with 10 55-gallon drums of lube to the city of Philadelphia for them to grease up all of the street poles in the event the Phillies do win the World Series. (laughs) Now, has that stopped people in the past? No. That's the thing. You could lube a pole as much as you want. That's uh, not going to stop. I can't believe stop. you just said that. There you go. Can't <laughs> believe you just said it. Just, just, just keep on rolling, man. That's not going to stop drunk Philadelphians from climbing said poles. <laughs> you can lube a pole as much as you want. There you go. Direct quote from one, one, uh, one Ben Kenny. So the adult industry is going to step up and lubricate all the telephone poles. In the area to keep fans from climbing them. Nice. Okay. <laughs> that, uh, well, you're always thinking. You know, you're always looking for some kind of promotion to give, that type of thing. So I uh, completely understand it. And the adult industry is stepping up. Cam Soda. Cam Soda sending trucks with 55-gallon drums of lube to Philadelphia. Now... Okay, let's say they arrive, Ben, and none of the lube gets distributed. 
Do we have a scandal on our hands? <laughs> Pardon the pun. <laughs> you got a bunch of politicians with smiles on their faces and greasy foreheads. Well, I have no idea where it went. I don't know. All I know is the stuff showed up on a truck and it came in flavors. It's a good marketing play, you got to say. We're talking oh, about is. cam soda. Right? It's great. It's great. But I just, oh, man. again, I do not underestimate a, a drunk Philadelphia fan's resolve to get to the top of a street pole yeah. because they will, uh, and okay. they have before. You know, you'll know what the easy way to arrest them is you just walk around and smell. Oh, sir, you're going to jail. Why? It wasn't me, sir. You you smell like glitter and sex. I'm sorry, you're going to jail. It's cam soda lube. It's more the the stench. Everybody climbs poles and then they shotgun twisted tea. Yeah, it's more the stench of twisted tea that you can get people on. That's kind okay. of the champagne of Philadelphia sports. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's like uh, the uh, the Bush Light has become known as Bush Latte among many. Uh, which is the way it's ordered now. Bush Light's like like the crazy beer that's taken over the world, and it's been around forever. Uh, but all of a sudden, it's fashionable. I mean, my God, they bring truckloads of this stuff up north, and then people are drinking it like it's going out of style, like it's like it's water in a desert. Man, it's amazing. But uh, so twisted tea in Philadelphia, Bush Latte everywhere else. There you go. Porn can help. They can help everything. Talk about relieving stress. There you go. I wonder where the Eight. Texas offensive coordinator falls in this whole ordeal. Don't know. Don't know. Where's the pole assassin when you need her? We're coming you know? up on the one-year anniversary, Bill. It's a big the day. The pole assassin, yeah. Big, big day for the pole At assassin. At least in my circles. The uh, the lawsuit has still not been fully litigated. It's still out there. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, let's do this. We're going to uh, – I want to – I got to – Take a couple of uh, take a couple of these comments here, but uh, then we're going to hear from Matt Lafleur. He was speaking to the media, and we're going to hear from Matt Lafleur coming up here in a little bit. Uh, Cheddarball says, "Oh my God, AJ Green, good grief! Uh, that guy's washed up." Adam says, "A word on the street is DJ Moore, but need to work out the contract details." Uh, this one says, uh, "I suppose those beads would be in good in Green Bay for play calling when they screw up to be able to send a shockwave." Down the player that missed the block. Now, see, now you're thinking. Don't use them to cheat, but rather as a correction opportunity uh, it, during the game. That's not, Now, see, now you're thinking. I, I like your train of thought. I like that. Uh, Dennis says, I heard it asked, uh, what have we learned about the Packers team this season? My observations is this, that LaFleur isn't as great as a head coach as we thought he was with Hackett gone. And Getzy gone, the offense is dysfunctional. With Hackett and Getzy both gone, there's a lack of discipline and holding players and coaches accountable. With Stenovich out as the coach of the offensive line, it's no longer that aggressive, dominant group that it's always been under his guidance that LaFleur, no matter how inept Amari Rodgers is, it's uh, is too nice to bench him. That as long as Joe Barry's in charge of the defense, it will always underachieve that Aaron Rodgers is fed up with uh, LaFleur's, quote, fun approach, which has led to undisciplined play, isn't afraid to publicly and indirectly state that LaFleur is too weak to bench players who aren't performing. Uh, a lot is going on wrong right now. It's all on LaFleur's shoulders. Lack of discipline, sloppy play, players, coaches underperforming, yet still keeping their jobs. That's all on Matt LaFleur. Uh, he's the captain of the ship, 
we've learned it's sinking and he has no clue or is unwilling to make the corrections to stop it. This could get very ugly. Um, and let me kind of continue here. Very ugly if he continues to whine and spew cliches instead of manning up, uh, installing discipline and making annual changes to the players and coaches that uh, are needed. I wish him and the team the best, of course, but I don't think he has the backbone right now to guide this ship. Coach, please prove me wrong. That is from Dennis. Dennis, appreciate it. That's over on the Bud Light live stream, too, by the way. So there you go. Uh, let's do this. We're going to step away, take a quick break. We're going to come up uh, in the uh, hour, hopefully in the hour, we get to uh, kind of regurgitate everything that Matt LaFleur had to say. Stick around. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at San Giorgio Calderon Club down there in Old World Third Street. If you're heading down for the Bucks game tonight, you want a good Italian food, the best you're ever going to put in your grill, whether it's an authentic uh, Napoletana pizza, or just Italian food next door at Calderon Club. Either place you can't go wrong. They pair it up with Cider Boys, Point Brewing, good stuff. That's our friends Gino and everybody down there at the Calderon Club. And it's in Georgia, only a few blocks away from the uh, Fiserv Forum. Park near them. Go get something great to eat. Walk down to the Fiserv Forum. Enjoy the game. Come back. Have a cocktail. Head home. You're good to go. Good stuff from our friends over there at San Giorgio Calderon Club. Gino and the gang, Old World 3rd Street, right across from the Hyatt. More to come right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Big time. Hey, this portion of the program brought to you by Lisa Lee Ordo Real Estate. Uh, they can help you out with your real estate needs. Whether you're looking to buy or sell or invest, you can follow on Facebook. Email her at lisamoveswi at gmail.com. That's lisamoveswi at gmail.com. Or just call her. Call her and her people. 414-617-6798. 414-617-6798. 414 And uh, they got a group of experts there. They can uh, get you a 1% closing cost credit up to three grand right now and also help you get a free mortgage refinancing on all the loans that are closed this year still. So get a hold of Lisa. Big time. Get a hold of Lisa, and they can help you out uh, without a doubt. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Uh, give them a shout if you possibly can. We would love to hear from you. Big time. We'd love to hear from you. Um Let's see here. What else do we have here for you? Uh, let's let's get to the phone calls, uh, and let's do that now. Let's uh, get back into it and go to Mike listening to us in West Dallas. Mike, how you doing today, man? What's happening? I'm doing great. How's it going, Bill? Good, Mike. What you thinking? Yeah, so I, I wanted to comment on Aaron Rodgers. So I, I have two points. Number one, in hindsight, they should have made that Broncos trade when they had the chance. <laughs> uh, you know, the Broncos, uh, they had to give away two first-round picks, two second-round picks for Russell Wilson. And at this point, I would much rather have that and have Jordan Love at quarterback and just lean on the run game, you know, versus, you know, going with Aaron Rodgers. And it's probably going to be done after the season, and then we'll get nothing for him. Um, you know, the Titans are 4-2 and two with, you know, career game manager Ryan Tannehill at quarterback and no wide receivers. Would there really be that much of a difference between how poorly Rodgers has played this year 
versus Jordan Love and just leaning on the run game, I don't think there'd be a big difference there. Uh, and number two, you know, I completely agree with everything that Peter Bukowski said. You know, I'm really – I've been a Packers fan all my life, and honestly, I'm at my wit's end with Aaron Rodgers. I'm tired of his act. You know, so, you know, he's going on these radio talk shows and complaining about guys that are making mistakes. Dude, you have sucked this year. You've been a bottom 10 quarterback this year, and I know our wide receivers and our tight ends are not very good, but at the same time, he's been inaccurate. A lot of the drops this year are just passes in the flat of, you know, guys at, at, at their shoes or at their feet. They're not on their chest. Um, and, you know, he waited until the last minute. Uh, to announce his return, which could have cost the Packers Devontae Adams. He didn't go to any of the offseason workouts. He didn't work out with Christian Watson or Romeo Dubs in the offseason. So, you know, he can't, he can't, he can no longer talk the talk if you can't walk the walk anymore. And he's just not. What are your thoughts on that? I I agree with that. I, I will say, just looking at his numbers, he's still one of the top 15, top 10 quarterbacks in the league. And I think with the right people around him and, and enough time to throw, he can still get the job done. The off-the-field stuff, I said in the beginning, it, your leadership begins with you showing up. Uh, you know, I don't care if you know it. The other guys around you don't. And that's the relationship you need to build. They, they, they don't need Cobby to coach him up. And then you come in and swoop in as this, like, coming off of the pedestal as the God to say, okay, now you're, you're, you're coached up enough to grace my presence. I, I think that's wrong. I, I said it from the very beginning. I thought it was crap. But I have also seen Rodgers, yeah, he's had some bad throws. I'll agree with that. But, I, I, you know, when you look at guys that are running wrong routes, two guys running the same route, they don't know what they're doing. you got a, a blocking scheme that where you've got different guys in the offensive line allowing pressure. He's, the, he's one of the – when it comes to quarterback play, he's the third least uh, uh, quarterback with the least amount of time to throw on average in the National Football League at 2.45 seconds per throw. So he's under siege with the bad offensive line. And they're putting a ton of pressure on a defense that is that is folding. So I think it's Rodgers is certainly part of the problem, but I don't think he bears a brunt of the problem. However, when you want to be a guy that's a decision maker and you want the ear of the GM and you want to be in collaboration with the with the uh, the head coach, not only does the quarterback take more of the heat, but also when you want all that, you should then take even more of the heat because how things are not working, because then you have to take ownership of it. And that's where I agree with you that he can't keep calling people out, uh, although he is saying we, but he can't keep calling people out and acting like, well, he's okay because Tom Clements gave him a gold star when everybody else is screwed up because he's a part of the problem too. It's called team. Right. No, I, I agree with you, Bill. And I, I, I think the biggest issue I have with him is he doesn't take any responsibility. You know, it's always somebody else's fault. It's always somebody else's drop. There's been a lot of throws that he's missed this year. There's been a lot of inaccurate passes where, yeah, they haven't been uncatchable, but they haven't been right at the guy's chest either. And they're really easy throws that in years past, they would be right at the guy's chest. So I just feel like he's kind of divided the ro- the locker room. And a lot of guys are frustrated with them, but they also don't have the cojones to to go out publicly and say anything just because he, you know, he obviously is the four-time MVP. But I guarantee you a lot of guys in the locker room are tired of his act as well, and especially because he is no longer playing uh, at an MVP level. And I think we'll agree to disagree. I, I don't think he's been good at all this year. 
I, I would agree that he doesn't have anything around him. Aaron Jones is their only good offensive player, honestly. Lazard is a serviceable role player, and, and the rest of the receivers are not good. Um, so I'm just, yeah, I, I guess that's where I'm at with him. I'm, I, I want to move on, and I wish they would have done it in the offseason. All right, man. Appreciate it. He drops off. Yep. You get on board. 877-867-1670. Um, it, when you look at whether or not he's been good, all you need to do is look at that flip to Aaron Jones where he laid it right in the bucket for the touchdown late in the ballgame over the weekend and go, you know what? He's still got it. He still can make those throws. He has had issues, and I don't know whether to blame it on the thumb or not. I, I couldn't tell you. When he makes a throw like that, it makes you go, no, he doesn't have any problem with the thumb. But then he's wrapping the thumb up at halftime. I I don't know what to believe. I think it's easy to say, well, a bad throw is the thumb, and a good throw it's all Aaron Rodgers. And you can't have that either. I don't think that's fair. So that, that's a great question. I don't know. I don't. I, put it this way. Has he been the MVP good? Oh, hell no. Hell no. I 100% agree with you there, Mike. But if you start to look at all these other uh, quarterbacks in the league, you know, you would probably say, yeah, you know what? He's still better than the majority of quarterbacks in the league. I think we can all agree with that. I think it's a matter of consistency as well. Like, he clearly still can make every throw. We've seen it flashes when the offense works. But you go to the last drive of the Giants game when he's throwing into a blitz all out on the right side when Dobbs is open on the other side. Even the fourth and one from the Washington game, which they were in shotgun, they didn't run it. I disagree with that, but he forces it into triple coverage pretty much to Dobbs when Sammy Watkins is running open. Like the the ideeing and the, and no, the decision that, making yeah. has been wildly inconsistent. Do you think, though, that that is a part of the pass rush being in his face so quick? that he doesn't have time to go to the next receiver and look to the next receiver. I don't know what it is. I think part of it is a, kind of a, a zeroing in pre-snap, and then the defense has done a fine job of maybe shifting after the snap, where mm-hmm. when it's Devontae, you can zero in on him pre-snap because you know he'll make the play and he'll be open. But with these yeah. receivers, you can't really do that. You can't trust Dobbs or Lazard to beat a guy one-on-one, and that's the receiving core not being great. It's also, I think, you can't play the same way with this group than he has the last couple of years. It's just not going to work. Right. 877-867-1670. Hit us up uh, if you want to do so. We'd be happy to chat with you. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, come back. we got some Mike Clemens update coming up after the top of the hour. We're going to hear Matt LaFleur and everything he had to say to discuss specifically what Aaron Rodgers said on the Pat McAfee Show yesterday. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Kane and Kane, K-O-E-H-N. Kane and Kane Jewelers in West Bend. Don't forget the Buy Like a Guy podcast. Really good stuff from Andy Kane there. The Buy Like a Guy, B-U-Y, Buy Like a Guy podcast. Great stuff. But if you're looking for gift ideas coming up for this holiday season, I'm telling you, Kane and Kane Jewelers in West Bend, it is worth the drive. Call out there. Get a hold of them. Set up an appointment. Say, this is kind of what I'm looking for. Can I come in and look at some stuff? And Andy and one of his staff be happy to help you. That is Buy Like a Guy podcast and Kane and Kane Jewelers in West Bend. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. 
now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The 3-4 and four Packers getting ready to face the 5-1 and one Bills in Buffalo Sunday night. The Bills coming off their bye week after beating the Chiefs in Kansas City. Stephon Diggs already has 49 catches so far this season. On pace to set a new franchise record, the former Vikings receiver on having the Bills' Josh Allen at quarterback. I'm out here for a purpose. I'm out here for a reason. And as you can see, like Josh has that energy that makes you want to play, makes you want to play harder, makes you want to get open and catch the ball for me. Aaron Rodgers was asked on the McAfee show why the Packers only ran the ball 12 times in their loss to Washington. Yeah, I mean, we're behind the sticks. You know, we're second and 20, third and 25, first and 15s, way too many penalties, you know, way too many drops. You know, not enough rushing attempts because we were behind the sticks the whole time. Obviously, Aaron Jones, every time he touches it, has, is going to make a bunch of big plays. Packers head coach Matt LaFleur on Sunday's game. We put ourselves in so many bad situations that it was hard to get it going. We, we did try to get 33 the ball in other ways. Uh, ran a screen to him on the second play of the game. Then we definitely spit it out to him a little bit in the past game. You know, but we need more plays. Aaron Jones had nine catches for 53 yards and two touchdowns, but only got eight carries against the Commanders. Uh, no big deal. Still getting the ball in my hands. Uh, I could be effective in the pass game as well. Uh, scored two touchdowns catching, receiving, so... Um, however it, it comes, uh, I'll take it. That's Packers running back Aaron Jones from Lambeau Field. I'm Mike Clemens on the Bill Michaels Show. Welcome back. Good to have you. Bill Michaels Show. We continue on. Don't forget about our friends at Cunis RV, Wisconsin's fastest growing RV dealer in the state of Wisconsin and well beyond the borders as they continue to add more and more dealerships to their repertoire. Go to Wisconsin's fastest growing RV dealer. That is Cunis, K-U-N-E-S, CunisRV.com. That is Cunis, K-U-N-E-S, CunisRV.com. And uh, whether it's uh, picking up a new one, a used one, RV, motorhome, travel trailer, whatever it happens to be, they've got it. Go to CunisRV.com. Good stuff there. Um, got a couple more. This is from Mark. Mark says, uh, I think Aaron Rodgers is just speaking his mind. People are looking for a reason to jump on Aaron Rodgers. You either love him or hate him. If you believe he's been the problem, then you're going to hate him. If you believe he's the savior, then you're going to back him up, and you're going to say he's looking at things in a realistic light. Do we blame Aaron Rodgers for everything? Of course not. Do we blame him for some Aaron throws? Yes, we do. Is he without fault? No. Is he all at fault? Of course not. Uh, we always say quarterbacks get too much of the blame, too much of the blame, and too much of the praise. This is a this is a case of him getting too much of the blame. So there you go. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Let's go to Gerard listening to us in Delaware. Gerard, what's going on, man? How you doing? Hey, Bill. Uh, look, A.J. Green, come on with that. That's, that's forget about it. That's not even putting a Band-Aid on the Titanic. That's terrible. I mean, I wouldn't Yeah, I'm not a big A.J. A. Green fan. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah, and you're a Cincinnati guy. You know him and the whole bit. And, mm-hmm. and look, look, Sammy Watkins looks like Eddie Lacy. That's what he looks like on the field. I mean, uh, on that one play where he threw the out to Dobbs for the first down, where Dobbs dropped it, Watkins was supposed to be blocking on that play, but he broke deep on that play. Mm-hmm. Right. And that was, a, that was a mistake. You can't have veteran receivers making mistakes like that. You can't have that. 
You know what I mean? He should be cut. You know, and look, I know they're saying Claypool is not he's not going to be traded now. Okay, that's what is right. coming out of the Steelers. But I would give up my first, second, and third for Claypool and, and Judy. Two, you need two guys. You can't just go out there and get one guy and say this is cured and give up a you know a load of draft choices for the guy. You got to make look. Everybody's been crying for receivers. So if you go out and trade your first three picks for two receivers out there, that's fine. You're going to have to draft them anyway. You know you you, you know right. you, you, so uh, you know you have to do that. You can you right, you what you said today and everything. You're right about everything, and all the callers are right about everything. But the problem is you can't connect the dots when you don't have the dots to connect to because we've been saying this stuff all along, and it seems the Packers, their front office, and their coaches aren't getting it. So I I don't I you know to me this is a complete lost year. This is like one of the five years where they went eight and eight. And something like that. That's what this reminds me of, where they're getting this low and they just, they're just they uh, just terrible. And Rodgers is starting to look a little older now. Now, the pass he threw to Amari Rodgers down there, and he had two hands on it, but it was a tough catch, okay? Mm-hmm. Right. Usually, he would have dropped that right in the bucket, and that, and that would have been a touchdown, but he didn't, okay? So that's half and half fault. I'm not going to give Rodgers all the blame on that. But getting to this uh, this 22% and the 88% of the people that are rooting for the Phillies in the country, I'm one of the 22%. Now, we all know now Philadelphia is number one in crime in the country. So I told Ben <laughs> that, and he says, well, crime has been down since the Phillies have been winning. So I asked him, if does that mean all the thugs are in the stadium or what? And he said, no, everybody's happy. So that means the crack dealers, the carjackers. You know, all right, come now. on now. <laughs> <laughs> so that means everybody's happy now in Philadelphia, even those guys. So, Bill, would you say that keeping the thugs in the stadium, you know, when they're playing, the only thing they could steal would be the bases? <laughs> well, actually, they're playing the Astros, so they could steal the signs. They could steal the well, signs of the garbage cans, I guess, yeah. Yeah, why not? You know, hey, I'm one of the minority on this. I'm a 22 percenter. That's what I'm going to look like. Okay. Yes, I will, <laughs> you know, we... we <laughs> well, I tell worry. you this. No, I appreciate it, Gerard. I tell you this. There's there's not a lot of people that have short enough memories not to remember the uh, the Astros and uh, Altuve not wanting his jersey torn off and the banging of the garbage cans and players speaking out and the one thing about it was the players really never got penalized for it it was just the front office people for quote knowing what was going on beyond that it was uh it was a world that was really pissed off at, at a franchise who they thought stole a, a championship so uh anyway that being said he takes us down a kind of a rabbit hole there uh he just the the rest of the mo- the majority of the world that is not located near texas is rooting for the Phillies to win because they just don't want to see that franchise get yet another win. So there Again, you. it's a really tough week to be a trash can in the city of Philadelphia. It is. Gritty. It is. The, I'll, I'll agree with you. The Flyers' atrocity of a mascot that never should have been existed. He was banging on trash cans at the Flyers <laughs> game last night. We're pumped up. Right? Uh, let's real quick go to Tony listening to us in Sussex. Tony, how you doing, man? What's up? Hey, Bill. I uh, used to listen to you on the other station. It's good to see you're on the radio again. Great. Appreciate it. And um, 
you know, I've been listening to these callers, and uh, to me, how long, what did you say it was 2.5 seconds or 2.3 seconds he had? How long does it take to to see your first read even? Um, that team will live and die with that offensive line. The offense will live and die with the offensive line, and I'm, no, I don't think anybody uh, really can convince me of that, that, that it would be anything different. You know, they say guys are open. I saw guys open too, but, you know, he's looking at the read. The next thing he knows, they're, they're right in his face. Um, as for what he said on a, on a Pat McAfee, I listened to that whole thing. I was okay with it. You know, he, he was looking at himself also. You know, I don't know if these people why just because it's Green Bay you can't you can't call people out and if, if players don't like it, too bad. You'll get this isn't a pickup game or even a high school game or whatever. You're getting paid for this. This is your profession. If you're not doing it, if you're not studying, if you're not catching the ball, you know, LaFleur's are they're all good coaches, they're all great coaches, but you know the it comes to a point like like Aaron Rodgers did say, the players gotta take ownership. The players gotta take hold of it okay. that's what that's what he's hoping appreciate the phone call we're at the top of the hour i gotta run but i agree i i think it starts with the players with holding each other accountable and then obviously it's got to be the game plan and the proper situation for the coaches to take action uh when we come back speaking of coaches the head coach of the green bay packers matt lafleur you're going to hear him coming up next on the bill michael show the bill michael show podcast Listen, rate, subscribe.